Welcome to Speaking On Demand, a podcast that breaks down the keynote speaking marketplace with speaker interviews, industry trends, and agent insights. I'm your host, Aaron Rayberg, speaker agent for Capital City Speakers Bureau. Welcome to another episode of Speaking On Demand. This is Aaron Rayberg, your host. As the famous saying goes, we're all in sales. That's right, no matter what your job title is, a portion of your time is certainly dedicated towards a selling activity. Whether you're at work or on the home, we are all focused on sales, whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to dive deep into the world of sales with one of the legends of the life insurance business. Now, if you're familiar with the insurance business, you may know the name Solomon Hicks. If not, that's okay. There's still plenty to be learned from Solomon's story and his journey. A few credentials about Saul before we get to the conversation. He has won the President's Award at the Prudential Financial a record seven times, and it took him only 10 years to do that. That's the award that goes out to the number one agent, the company's highest honor. In addition to that, Saul has won uh, a qualifying member of the Million Dollar Roundtable for 32 years and is a 20-time top-of-the-table qualifier. So if you're not familiar with the insurance business, just know these are some pretty prestigious accolades. Think of like an all-pro in football or the all-star team in baseball or basketball. That's what we're talking about here. Saul has a 50-year career in the business and is showing no signs of slowing down. He's a motivational speaker who travels the globe. Most recently has been doing quite a bit of work in Southeast Asia. Um, So I find it very interesting. I think you're gonna really enjoy Saul's story of overcoming adversity in the segregated South and how he broke through the color barriers and made it in corporate America as a sales rep without a phone and without a car. Wait till you hear this. Uh, I hope you enjoy the conversation with Saul Hicks. I think Saul has such a special outlook on life and is such a positive influence. Um, Whether you are interested in engaging Saul as a potential speaker down the road or just learning and equipping yourself to be a better person and a better sales agent or salesperson, uh, you'll enjoy the conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, Saul Hicks. Welcome back to another episode of Speaking On Demand. It's Aaron Rayberg from Capital City Speakers Bureau. Today, I am speaking with Solomon Hicks. Saul, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing great. (laughs) Man, it is so good to get to meet you. Saul and I were just recently introduced to one another through a mutual friend, and we decided it might be a good idea to have sort of our introductory conversation on the podcast here. Um, both so that I can get to know him and he can get to learn a little bit more about our team. And in addition to that, so that our meeting planners have a a little bit better idea or perspective on sort of the work and the process that we take uh, whenever we're getting acquainted with new speakers. You tell a story about when you were, I think it was nine years old, you thought it would be a good idea to go out and get a job to help support the family. Keep in mind, growing up in the deep South, segregated South, um, tell us a little bit about that decision because, man, I've got a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a two-year-old, and I, I think they're terrific kids. They're not looking for work right now, though. 
<laughs> I, I think that for me, you know, you, you, you find that there's always a patriot in the family, even though I was the third child in, in that time, a family of four. But I, I, I took on the role after my parents was divorced when I was three years old and my sister was one, my brother was five, and my older sister was nine. But I took on the role of um, wanting to be the patriot. I want to be the daddy to everyone at that young age. Wow. So at five years old, I would get up with my mother because she was a cook at the school that she worked at. I would get up with her, stay with her, ask a lot of questions, and would ask her to teach me what she was doing. Teach, I used to tell her, it was so funny, I used to tell her, I said, mommy, teach me how to make these pocketbook biscuits. And today we had a famous biscuit for Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but back then it was the pocketbook biscuits. And she would take those pears and apple, and she would boil them and make preserve. And so the biscuit, the pocketbook biscuit, you could open it up like a pocketbook, and you could put anything inside of it. And I said, Mama, teach me how to do this. So at nine, I wanted to bring income to the family. Wow. I persuaded and convinced my mother that if she allowed me to work, that I would do a good job and make her proud of me. I and how, a, much, how, much, how much were you making uh, per day? Nine hours for, two, uh, for uh, $2 a day. $2 for nine hours. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I was so excited. I could bring home $6 to my mother on Monday morning. Wow. And I didn't know at the time that she did not spend it. When I left home at 17, she told me, this is the money that I saved, that you're a good boy. Wow. This is what you take with you. Mama saved all for you. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing right there that she did that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It was those kinds of things that kind of, have me walking into what I'm doing today because everything is born out of love. God is love. So it allowed me to walk in this love and the people that have played such an important part in my life, the mentors. We had a doctor who was our family doctor at the time. His granddaughter was Marilyn McCool, the fifth dimension. And he would come to the back of the restaurant where I was a short order cook. And he would knock on the door. I would let him in. And I would make this make-believe dining room for him. Huh. I would put newspapers uh, on the boxes where they had the canned goods in it. And I would use one of the boxes as a dining room table. And he would sit there. And I would make him a bowl of oyster stew. But in between, Solomon, you're going to be great one day. Solomon, keep that cheerful smile. There have been so many people in my life that have paid, play, paid such a, a tremendous amount of interest in me being the man I am today. I mean, it's just an amazing perspective to, to look back on your career. And as I mentioned in the introduction, you've had such a track record of amazing success in um, the insurance and financial services space, spending a lot of time with 
Prudential. I've, I want to hear just real quickly, tell me the story about how you first got on board with Prudential because the workplace was still very segregated. So getting on board with, with, a, with a firm like that couldn't have been easy, right? It wasn't easy. It was, uh, they, they had to satisfy, I guess, the requirement to have um, people of color to work in the agency. I was in an all Polish community working, um, but I didn't think it was, I didn't think the car was going to be an issue. I didn't think a telephone, which I had neither. But when they found out that I didn't have a car for outside sales, I didn't have a telephone to make phone calls to prospects. They thought that for some reason I wasn't totally honest. It never, the question never came up. Yeah. So after they fired me, my first two weeks on the job, I shared with them, just give me an opportunity. If I don't complete the first quarter to your, your expectation, I will resign. So I, I took the, every sales book. I didn't have a sales manager to work with. I didn't have name cards, but I had creativity. I asked the manager if I could use his name cards. And when I got home, I crossed his name on, I wrote my name on top of it. <laughs> I said, I'll say Prudential. And so, you know, so I never became bitter or angry. I didn't have room for that. What I wanted to do, my source was my family. It was my mother who made great sacrifices. It was my wife and my five-year-old daughter. That was the thing that, that drove me, that source of my why, why I do what it is that I do. So those 16, 16 weeks with the Prudential is still a record with the Prudential as a first-time agent, right? That, that is amazing. With a, with a bus, not a car, with the white pages, not a Rolodex, right? Yes, yes. Hmm. And, you know, it, it was my smartphone. What the, the telephone booth was my smartphone that you got to look at <laughs> today. It was smart because, one, I stayed inside. It was very cold. So I stayed inside my office, you know, dialing for dollars. Yep. And so it was smart as well as I was on the inside. It was my perspective. It was how I saw things. I saw myself becoming successful. I saw myself achieving the things that I wanted for my family. I saw myself having a better life. That was my why. That's what drove me. Wow. I mean, you, you certainly overcame a ton of obstacles at the beginning of, of your life, but doesn't, it goes to show that you, know, you, you have 32 years 32, am I right? 32 years MDRT and 20 top of the table qualifications. Is that right? The last 20 years, 20 consecutive TOT. Wow. And all done in the first quarter of every year, beginning of every year. How, so how, I have to ask this then. So how, how do you keep, how do you keep sustained success? How do you keep the, the fire going, the drive going forward? The drive is from within and I consider myself, I pretty much kind of rename myself instead of Solomon Hicks as Solomon Bridge Hicks because I really am a bridge that connect people to financial security. Okay. I'm a bridge that connect people to peace. So I feel a sense of responsibility to give back 
I may be the only, only person standing between the person having success and making sure the love letter that they are writing to their family will always be there and always be remembered. Those are the things that I focus on. Those are the things that I think about. And my life has been challenging, but very fulfilling because I believe all of the things that others may look at uh, and become angry about, I see this preparing me to be able to now have a sensitivity of what it feels like, to be able to understand that people try to write the end of your story because they know the beginning of your story, where you were born, your lack of education or your education, and they write the end of your story. But I was determined that I can overcome that if it's all driven by love and a why. And so my motivation, traveling the world that I've been privileged to travel, what I have found that so many people focus so much on, on their goals, how much money they want to earn, how many plaques they want to have on their wall. But I think it's out of order. There's nothing wrong with earning a certain amount of money, setting certain goals, but it's out of order. I think the first thing that I understand is the role that I play that becomes my why. I'm a man, that will never change. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather. So out of the role that I play, I set my goals based on that. Yeah. And then from that, I put action behind it. Otherwise, I'm just taking a nap. Man. Well, let's bring, it into, bring it into current time now. So you had that amazing run at Prudential, retired in 2006, created your Solomon Hicks businesses. Yeah. And most recently, pre-pandemic, you'd been traveling the world and you'd been doing quite a bit in Southeast Asia, right? So yeah. what is your... Like, what has your COVID experience been like since the middle of March? Have you had just a lot of events derailed, rescheduled, or have you been able to do some of that, those events virtually? I have sold more insurance than this COVID than I have in my 50 years in the industry. Wow. I have okay. sold more <laughs> insurance. What I have found that people are not so much concerned about their retirement as they are, is it all well with my family? Okay. And so um, I think more of, of during this experience that I can make so many phone calls and not having the 10, the 12, the 15, the 20, 20 hour, 20 hour flight, I'm able to focus in on being effective by holding workshops, presentations, by way of Zoom. So Saul, what would you say to a newer agent that doesn't have quite as a mature book of business as you? Can they still be successful in this landscape right now? They can be successful, number one, if they don't pull up their seed. Continue to, you know, we, we all, when we first start, if you're new in the business, you have to go wide, you know, going wide accumulate a lot of prospects, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, friends that you talk with. Yep. But at some point you have to go deep. Yep. 
and you I start you. developing relationships. And I would say that if you keep three things in mind, whether you're new or whether or not you've been in a business for a long time, keep dreaming. I keep love that. Number two, work hard. But you could, you could dream big, you could work hard and still not be effective. You have to ask for help. Ask people to help you. Love it. <laughs> that's, that's been the formula because it's people will, it's all what your expectation is. I expect people to say yes to me. That is the energy that I bring, the inspiration of my work, staying inspired. No matter what it is that you're doing, stay inspired. If you get a feeling, if I did one sale and I did it the right way, I have improved the lives of that person I, I spoke with, that family I spoke with. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. And I think what you're talking about transcends not just the financial services, insurance world, but everyone. So anybody that's selling right now, I think back about the days where I was traveling and knocking on doors and asking for business. And, you know, when you have one of those days where you, you rip off a sale early in the morning, you're pumped up, it just changes your energy level and your excitement level. And uh, I remember having some days where I'd have like six appointments on the books and I'd go like five for six or six for six. And mm -hmm. other days where you just have a different mindset or you're a little bit off and it just kind of, kind of goes in the other way. It's crazy how that works. Yes. And, and I think that also that should be balanced, you know, because a good goal is not a good goal. If you lose your health, you lose your family, you lose your friends. And I think that you take time. This is uh, this is a marathon. It's not just a sprint. And I think that the most important thing is to have the balance. You know, uh, I'm 77 and I exercise five days a week. Nice. I, take, I, I can tell. You look good on the screen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I take, uh, I understand that what comes with success is a lot of responsibility. So I want to make sure I'm in it for the long haul. Uh, number two, I feed my mind. Um, I embrace a proverb that if the ax is blunt, you do not wet the edge. Much strength is required. Wisdom is profitable. When I was young, I could take a dull act and chop down a tree. I could put a lot of force behind it. But as you get older, you may not have the strength. So wisdom is profitable. So these are things that I keep in front of me. I get up every day and I think in terms of the work that I do is making a difference. What, what are some things that you consume, whether it's like, I don't know, podcasts or books or following different thought leaders? Like what are some of the, the things that are, I guess, keeping you learning right now? I am, I, I follow a great deal of, of the giants in the industry. I, I got, I have books. If you hit, come to my home, you will see all types of books on all different areas. And I read, I'm an avid reader. I read uh, two books every month. That's good. That's good. That's more. I wish I could read a book in a quarter, but for me, I think with these young kids running around, I, I rely on the technology and the podcast whenever I'm working out or jogging to kind of consume some of that. So I, I do hope that I know the day will come where I can kick up and break out more books. Yes. Yes. And so I, I listen to 
a lot of motivational things. I also, I listen to myself, you know, when I talk positive things, because I just believe it from my heart that I want to have a spirit of patience. And I understand it takes time. It takes time to have something that's sustainable. Um, you invest in people, your return may take long, but it lasts a whole lot longer. No doubt. Yeah. And so those are just some of the areas and some of the things that, that I, I think about I'm ever learning. Um, I'm, I understand how do you recover after a loss? You know, that um, you, we all gonna have those kinds of things and we just have to, if it's something that we've done, we get better at it. Uh, I'm, I'm always wanting to know whether a person uh, was able to have me to be their representative or they did not choose me as their representative. I want to know as I'm ever learning, can you share with me some of the things that you decided to make a decision or going with me or not going with me? What are sure. some of them? No, that, that's, I think that's great. And, and the fact that you probably don't at this point need another client or whatever, but uh, you're still, you have that constant hunger to, to do more. And yeah, I mean, you're, you, you mentioned it, 77, traveling the world. Um, it's kind of cool to see, you don't need to be working right now, but it's great to see that you are and c continue to want to give back to, the, to others. So I think that that's great. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I'm I'm having I'm having a great time. My my life is very fulfilling, and I realize that I have lived longer than I'm going to live. That's just the reality. I can't double seventy-seven. <laughs> what I can do, I can multiply myself in the lives of others, so that that influence will continue to go. That my legacy will outshine my life. So talking about like the speaking side of things, I know you're still selling insurance right now. What what is your bandwidth? whether it be in COVID or once we get back to some sort of normalcy when it comes to travel, like how, how often are you looking to speak every month? I, I think that I devote four times to uh, four months. And I've done this now for the last 15 plus years. Yep. Four months to selling eight months sharing, traveling, and going to different countries to the tune of 56 countries so far. Wow. Yeah, so you're still, you're still staying at it. That's good. Yes. I always, I like to ask that question to speakers because there are, depending on the, the speaker's business, okay? You know, there, there are some speakers we work with that have several revenue streams and their bandwidth for speaking may only be one or two times a month. And then you have uh, others that want 150 in a year if they can get it. So I like to ask that question. Um, that helps me, you know, that helps me kind of keep speakers in mind um, for certain clients and how much they're willing to travel and all that good stuff. So, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I love the travel aspect of it. I, 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 you know, that's one of the greatest things for me is to be able to learn different cultures and to be able to interact with people and come with a spirit of generosity. And um, I don't know, I don't have limits. I really, my wife have limitations, but I don't have limits. <laughs> gotcha. What is, what is like your signature program right now? Or can you highlight one 
one program that you've given recently. Um, give us a little bit of an update on, on that and, and what that accomplishes, what, what the attendee will think or have in their toolkit after they hear you speak. Well, 80% of the people that I've mentored have achieved the level of the million dollar round table, 80%. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. And so, um, the, and particularly, I think, because they have such young, hungry uh, producers um, in Asia, has been most effective. Most of the time, it lasts anywhere from six to eight hour days. Okay. Every time I'm in those different countries, some of it due largely to the translation of my message, I've held uh, practical steps step one, step two, step three, and I also given the motivation aside. So it's kind of divided into two different parts. Yeah. So like more of an actual workshop where we're going to, you know, really get into the brass tacks versus the motivational keynote sort of thing. Okay. And I do, I understand that um, the language barrier and all, and all that, that, you know, those are some long days, but it sounds like you're, you're doing good work with that. Yes. Yes. No, that's awesome. Um, gosh, what, what else do you want to share with us today before we wrap up, Saul? I mean, it's been so good to get to meet you. I'm so thankful that our mutual friend, John Nichols, put us in touch. Uh, yeah. Anything that you want to share with the meeting planners that listen to this podcast or any other speakers out there? I, I just, you know, no, I, I don't have anything in particular. Uh, we, are, we are developing and undertaking a playbook that goes beyond, you know, um, me uh, maybe appearing and seeing someone for several hours there's through repetition some of the experiences so we're putting that together um uh that we probably will at some point with all the fan base that i have which exceeds over five thousand currently just through social media that we're putting together some ideas and things that we think that would be sustainable um I just kind of felt the need. It's not from a financial standpoint, mm -hmm. but the need to just expand and do more. It's just, I have this hunger to be able to do that. I've, I've achieved every goal that I've set from the insurance side of it and everything I've done, I've done it in such excellence, excellence that um, it doesn't surprise me any longer. <laughs> what I want to do now is to share with others to send the invisible and do the impossible. I, I love that. So, you know, if anybody wants to tap into the wisdom and the lifelong story that Saul Hicks brings to the table, whether you're in an insurance or a financial services business or industry or, you know, any, any ancillary industry that that offers sales and that needs motivation right now in a time where there, are, there is so much darkness in the world, please do reach out. Um, I would love to um, connect you with Saul. Saul, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it, my friend. And please do stay in touch. Thank you, Aaron. You have a fantastic day and a warm regards to your wonderful family. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Speaking On Demand. I hope the conversation with Saul Hicks brought you some perspective on the world of sales 
and on life in general. Next week, we will shift gears and have a conversation with a meeting event professional. I look forward to hearing from you soon. As always, this is Aaron Rayberg signing off from Speaking On Demand. To hire a speaker for your next meeting or event, contact me at area code 217-855-6909, call or text. You can also follow me on Twitter at Aaron Rayberg and check out my LinkedIn profile at linkedin.com slash in slash Aaron Rayberg. Thank you.